ladies and gentlemen, it's time once again for another return of the Miami Comedy Podcast. What's up, everybody? live ladies and gentlemen it's been a while i took a whole week off maybe a couple more days than that but let's just say that uh, i've been very busy recently i've been working very hard uh pat. oh what's up pat great seeing you over at the hard rock to see Chappelle the other day my friend the chief once joined uh homosexual yanis papas is back what's up the cheap one all right, well, yeah, Giannis Papa says he might be coming back to Miami. Stay tuned. He said he wanted to do a show with us, so we'll see. Uh, Align Unscripted, welcome, man. How are you, buddy? Shout out to Align, who will be doing our show once we are getting started over at Casa Tiki. Oh, and what a great way to start it off right there. What a great way to start off the podcast with announcements on more funny coming to the city of Miami. The comedy scene continues. It continues to grow. Uh, you know, unfortunately, Friday and Saturday are currently on pause. The Fundamentions is getting their liquor license. So then we're going to get, you know, we're going to get to the next level there, right? We're going to redesign the bar there. Uh, and so I'll, I'll let you guys know when the weekend shows are back. However, Align Unscripted, one of the comedians here in Miami and guitarist extraordinaire, uh, will be performing at Casa Tiki on Wednesday, which will be the 25th of August, eight o'clock. Now, if you guys don't know about Casa Tiki, let me just go ahead and tell you, this is one of the coolest, most original slash unique bars in the Calle Ocho area. Um, they are very, very unique in the way because uh, not only are their cocktails very well made and with the theme that they have, but that theme on its own is like this beautiful environment of like Tiki slash Hawaii slash, like imagine if some guy that found a brick were to open up a bar based on him finding it in the Hawaiian beach. Like he would have done it. <laughs> he would have done it that way. <laughs> He's like, Oh, this reminds me of the good old times of Miami. Let me go do this Hawaiian style. <laughs> so, uh, metal Damien, I see your request, man, but let me, uh, let me, let me get into my show. I mean, I'm 30 seconds in, I'm already getting a, a request to go live with uh, shout out to metal metal Damien over here, uh, who performed recently with us over at fun dimension. I already missed that show. What's up, Lily and Maurice? Steve uh, A. Perry. What's up, man? Thanks for having my friend. My pleasure, bro. Thanks for coming. Ellie Noe. Welcome, Ellie. Brand new to the comedy scene as well. Uh, all right. So moving forward, guys, it's been a long time, and I miss going live. I'm not going to lie, man. Going live, uh, it takes a lot more work than just hitting the live button. I mean, it's that convenient. Don't get me wrong, right? You could just you could be taking a shit and then you just go, all right, I'm going to go live. Bam. And the next thing you know, Hey, what's going on? Everybody out here in a porta potty, you know, hanging out. <laughs> but you know, I try to do this in a way where it's a little more visually entertaining by adding this green screen, as well as bringing you guys in on the chat where you guys can, uh, you know, um, say whatever it is you want to say on there. And I'll give you a shout out. You know, we're all locals here, right? We're not big shots. We can show up on a live stream and say, hello. It's actually pretty easy. This is probably the best part of the Miami Comedy Podcast. The fact that I get to say hello. Uh, Metal, Metal Damien says, uh, I was so mad it was my first for me. It's cool. I think he did fine. See, that's the thing about stand-up comedians, man. The first time you go on, you completely forget that you're supposed to allow yourself to let anything happen. That's the beauty of comedy. Anything goes, right? 
So, you know, whether you have a good set, you have a bad set, you turn Kramer and drop the end bomb un unstoppably, <laughs> you still did comedy or at least attempted to, but at least you attempted, you know, I, everybody in uh, everybody performing standup will eventually, uh, will eventually not have a good set and that's normal. Okay. It's totally normal. It's totally normal not to have a good set. That's how you get good. It's like a stepping stone. Okay. The thing is that what we do is when we get started, we compare ourselves to, uh, uh, like people you see on Netflix or people you see like at a comedy club, those guys have been doing it for years. They've perfected their material. All right. They've done some sort of hidden comedy show or popped up somewhere to try a bit so that they can safely bomb there. And then once they have the bit figured out, like, oh, okay, this is funny. And then they go to the bigger stage and then they jump into recording it. And then, you know, next thing you know, they got to reset the whole thing. It's a, it's a process, Metal Damien, okay? It's not a one and done thing, all right? You got to do it for years. You got to get the groove of it. You got to get the rhythm of it. And then you could start, you know, going out there and knowing that everything is going to hit. It's just what it is, all right? Enough stand-up comedy. Let's get into more. Uh, let's get into the, what we're going to be talking about today, guys. Uh, today, I want to talk to you guys about my recent trip over to New York, which was absolutely amazing. Uh, shout out to The Stand Comedy Club, which The Stand has been around for, for years, right? Uh, I think they, they opened up a brand new place. They made it larger. They got like three stages now. I think they have one outside, they have one inside, and they have a main one as well. And I got to admit, man, it was so cool to have the opportunity as a Miami comedian to go over there and open for like a stacked, a stacked, I'm talking about like credits in Comedy Central, credits in uh, uh, Netflix and, you know, big time podcasts with like hundreds of thousands of subscribers. And to go up there and perform representing Miami uh, was a dream come true because I used to go to New York to check out all the comedy clubs there. And I remember thinking to myself, like, how awesome would it be if there was something like this in Miami to be able to go on stage like this? And what I quickly learned is it's not just about the stage. It's also the kinds of people that come out to see comedy. So in New York, the reason why the comedy scene is so good there is because when people go to a comedy show, they're there for the comedy, right? So you know, if you have like a group or rather a big community of comedians with credits and that work on their podcast or work on their YouTube channel or whatever it is, people just gravitate towards that kind of like, I don't know, entertainment, right? So once you have these people showing up for a specific comedy show, the ambiance is a little different than it is in, you know, like here in Miami. Because here in Miami, the market is totally on the opposite side of that spectrum. The market for comedy shows here in Miami is just to pass the time. <laughs> People just go to a comedy show uh, in the city of Miami just to see what comedy is like. <laughs> they dabble, right? And then once they dabble, they then go party somewhere else. Uh, you know, comedy in Miami is like the pregame before going out into the nightlife, right? Like no one is going to see the flyer with my face on it, be like, oh, oh, we got to go see Manny, bro. <laughs> Have you seen the Miami Comedy Podcast? We got to see that. In New York, comedy shows are different where it's like, I saw that episode that you were interviewing so-and-so, or like, I, I saw that sketch you made. 
Now, granted, when you go out on stage and you look out in the audience, it's totally different than the people you see in Miami. Because, like, in the audience, you see people with mustaches. You see a guy with his girlfriend. You see someone that's married. You see somebody that just got off the train and is trying to kill time before he's got to go on the night shift, right? There's a big community of cultural and time zones mixing together, right? In Miami, you see a sugar daddy. (laughs) You see a drunkard. And you see somebody that looks like they're on drugs just hanging out, passing the time. What do you got? Make me laugh, right? So it's different. And uh, to bring the Miami flavor over to the uh, the stand comedy club was awesome. Uh, now, I will say this. Oh, what's up, BMR? What's up, Mocha? Nika Mambo, welcome to the chat, guys. Good to see your names again. It's going to be live again. It's been too long. Uh, I, again, just to reiterate for those that are tuning in, man, it's, I've been super busy. Uh, traveling, working on the networking events, uh, new comedy shows in Miami. Uh, what's up, Shady? Good to see you as well. You know, it, it, it's a lot of work, man. And for me to go live, especially how I used to back in the day when the pandemic was happening. Remember the pandemic, guys, when we didn't have to do shit? Wasn't that amazing? Wasn't that one of the best moments of your life <laughs> when there was a national emergency? When we used to go out and just uh, enjoy our patio or backyard and then just be like, well, I got nothing to do. Um, I miss those times. Uh, but I also, I also miss doing live standup. And now that, you know, we're back and we're bigger than ever before, you know, it's a lot of work, it's a lot of work to, uh, to bring it to, to, to kind of like catch up with those. I think it was like nine or 10 months of uh, nothing. You know what I mean? So a lot of opportunities are opening up. Um, the thing is that there's now like another crackdown happening with the whole COVID thing, unfortunately. Uh, like New York just recently came out with a, I remember I was there hanging out on Tuesday in my hotel and I turned on the news and the, uh, the news reporter was like, uh, uh, New, York's, uh, New York government is now mandating everybody to show a vaccination card before they enter a venue. So I'm like, holy shit, I can't, I can't perform at the stand tonight. I got. I don't have my vaccine card, uh, but lo and behold, they're, they're only enforcing it in September. So I had some time, right? The thing is, uh, this these kinds of crackdowns, man, they slowed down the economy substantially, right? Because you now have like these whole new rules in place, and some people follow them, and some people don't. Some people want to play ball, and some don't, right? So it kind of gets like this friction thing going. And so, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to expect, but the economy gets gets hit. Every time these kinds of announcements are made, it's like, oh, the Delta variant. All right, then we can't go out and have a beer, right? Or some people, you know, they just, whatever, they just want to stay in until the news tells them it's okay. I'm not judging. I'm not judging. You believe what you want. It's totally fine. It's not my business. I don't care. All right. All I'm knowing is these are turbulent times and we got to make the most of it. And that's why I go live to talk shit with you guys uh mocha what's up back in the day dude you act like it was years ago yeah back in the day i say that uh sarcastically that shit was last year (laughs) that shit was less than a year ago uh but dude i look uh dude mocha i look at the previous archived episodes i look different i talk different most of the things that i talked about i use as material to this day you know what I mean? So that's cool. I actually did a lot of writing during those nine, 10 months. Like, cause I go on stage right now, like, well, this is what I do. Uh, like when I went to New York to perform, I actually went into my podcast archives and I just 
randomly chose a video. And then I said, that's funny. And then I just write it down and I put it on my set list. So I remember one of the things that I was talking about when I was on stage, I was talking about how a lot of people are moving to Miami from New York. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to say something, right? Because then you know, you know them. You, you know the, your new New Yorker friend, your Jersey friend, your Atlanta friend. You know who they are, right? You've seen them at a bar trying to act like they're 305 when you know they ain't. So I go, I go on stage, right? What's up, Kathy? We're here talking about uh, New York, Miami. Oh, and later on, I actually got an interview with a, uh, with a new comedian here in the scene. Um, so all those people that are coming and moving here, you can actually see it happening in real time because I got, all right, so get this, man. I was, for the first time ever, I wrote uh, first class. And the reason why was because I get a text message the, uh, the day of the flight saying, hey, do you want to upgrade for like 50 bucks? to first class and I'm like 50 bucks. I, I thought first class was like $500. Yeah, hell yeah, I'll pay 50 bucks and go first class. Oh, you should have seen me guys pulling up to the airport with a $50 upgrade, right? Uh, we're calling in priority group one. Excuse me, New Yorkers, Miami's coming through. Uh, excuse me, the fuck out the way, right? I started acting like a rude New Yorker. <laughs> hey, yo, watch out, dog. Dead ass, man. I'm group one. So I'm strolling in, right? I got my floral shirt on because I like to flex when I'm outside of Miami, let them know. <laughs> and then I sit first class, right? And then the first thing that comes to mind is as I see all these New Yorkers coming in, right? Going to the, uh, the, the coach section, there's an announcement on the, uh, there's an announcement uh, on the uh, PA that goes, Ladies and gentlemen, this is a completely booked flight. And I'm looking at all the New Yorkers walking in. And I'm like, I say like 80% of these people are moving here. And about 20 to 15% are just going to get away for a few days. <laughs> so they're coming, guys. You can't stop it. People are going to be moving into Miami, mostly from the tri-state area. Hey, man, it happens, okay? Miami is one of those coveted cities that you see in the music videos, that you see in movies. Miami hasn't changed its identity in years. Uh, chill on this podcast says money bags from Miami sitting in first class. Bro, what? Can you imagine me, a comedian living in a garage, walking into first class and seeing uh, old guys that look like they own oil companies just right there, right? They've got the little suits hanging up. Oh, here's where I fucked up, though. Uh, I was uh, in, in first class and I fell asleep because I had like a long night because I was celebrating with some comedians uh, after the show at the stand uh, that I put on little fucking sleeping thing, the mask, and I had the little neck pillow thing. So I just, I just passed out. Like right after I did that video on my timeline, I just, just knocked out, right? And I wake up, go take a leak. And as I go, go and take a leak, I see people eating, man. I see people eating uh, bagels and fucking breakfast burritos. And I'm looking around like, fuck, did I miss some food? When you're first class, you can't miss food. You paid for that shit. So I'm looking around. I was like, this is some VIP. I saw a guy with a, a, a glass of wine at 830 in the morning. I'm like, who the fuck? They didn't wake me up. You know why they didn't wake me up, man? Because I probably look like an angel sleeping there. You know, when you have a really good sleep, you just have your mouth wide open. Just... 
you know that sleep. That sleep when you just look at somebody like, yeah, that guy's tired. Look like they <laughs> they look like they died. You don't know you don't know if it's like a, if it's an emergency or the guy is just sleeping well. You know what I mean? So they don't want to bother you. Uh, hey, Big Daddy D. Thank you, Big Daddy D. Appreciate that. Uh, you know, anything helps. Your boy's out here trying to make things happen in Miami. Uh, so anyways, so uh, yeah, so I slept good. I enjoyed myself. What's up, Berna? Thank you. Yeah, I slept good. Uh, I enjoyed myself. New York was amazing. I was in and out. I didn't know I had so many friends in New York, to be honest with you, man. I had a lot of people reaching out to me saying, yo, you in town? You in town? Yo, you in town? What's up, man? You in town? So uh, if you're listening to this, thank you. Uh, but the thing is, you know, I just, I just did it last minute. I just was like, hey, I got a booking. I'm going to go there for two, uh, three days. I'm going to get back on a flight and I'm gone, right? And the, and the COVID crackdown in New York is what brought down those rates in the flight. You know what I mean? Like really low rates. So that's the story. And that's why I think that Miami is going to be full of tri-state area people. And it won't be, it won't be bad. Uh, it won't necessarily be bad, you know? Just because you see a couple of Timberland boots, you know, footprints on the sand, it could be a little refreshing, you know? No more flip-flops. People wearing, wearing Jordans. Uh, you know, fine dining, eating Jordans with a New York Yankees cap. Come on, guys. We, it's time to... It's time to revamp the landscape. <laughs> Miami claims to be multicultural. Remember that? Remember Miami says we are a multicultural city? But let's be honest. Are we really a multicultural city? All right? We're really just Latin Americans. We're all mostly from South America, maybe the Caribbean at most. That's not really that multicultural, man. That's like saying you're from the same place, but from different areas of the same place. We're worldwide, baby. Like even even Pitbull's like, yo, Mr. 305, Mr. Mr. Worldwide. I'm like, wait, 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 wait a second. Which one is it? <laughs> Miami likes to claim to be uh, multicultural, but it, it's not that multicultural. We need a little bit more. I think we need a little bit more. Okay, let's switch it up. Let's include other identities, and then we can be multicultural. All right, because saying Miami is multicultural when we're all from South America, mostly Colombia, Venezuela, Chile. That's like New York saying they're multicultural because they got people from the Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we just want to say we're a melting pot just to say we're a melting pot, even though uh, Miami is divided as fuck. You got Cubans here. You got Venezuelans there. You got Haiti there. You got rich people here. You got poor people there. And everybody stay in their fucking lane. That's why we, that's why we have a lot of traffic out there. That, that, that's why we got a lot of road rage, right? Because we, we look across and we see somebody from a particular area. It's like, hey, you from Kendall, ain't you? Watch where you're fucking going. <laughs> Hey, uh, uh, Hialeah, stop merging into lanes without using your turning signal. And that's just what it is. All right. We, as Miamians, we have culture, but it's divided. It's not mixed. You know what mixes people together? You know what really brings people together, guys? Uh, public transportation in mass. 
not just not just a bus ride here and there. No, I'm talking about get a, like a whole uh, train system, have all those motherfuckers together, right, in the train, and then you're going to be seeing culture really happening. People selling fucking empanadas and shit, right, in the trains. <laughs> People performing, right? Esta es mi canción de mi tierra. That's what we need, man. We need public transportation en masse so that every, every uh, culture and country can represent themselves uh, within that. Maybe even a fight or two, right? Then you go on live, right? You, you see a fight breaking out. You go on, you live stream that shit. Be like, uh, Cuba versus Colombia. Here we go. Bing, bing, bing. All right, people placing bets. <laughs> Yo, that's the joke right there. If now that Miami will be legal in placing sports bets, eventually, if we do end up getting a public transportation system, we can start placing bets on live stream if there's ever a fight, you know? Hey, where you from, man? Where you from? Venezuela? What about you, man? Where you from? Haiti. All right, I'm going to go live and take bets because it's legal now. Oh, man, we're having fun today. This is a great comeback, guys. This is good. All right, let me, uh, let me get to the reads before we do our interview for today. Uh, as always, guys, my boy Eliu has, uh, has continued his sponsorship. So shout out to Eliu for his sponsorship. Here we go. Eliu Venus, everybody, is a health insurance agent and a subject matter expert in the world of health insurance. So use him as a resource. If you have questions, he has answers. The people he helps the most are those who do not have health insurance because they believe it to be unaffordable. And those who do have health insurance and are complaining about how much it costs. He can help anyone, anywhere with anything regarding their health insurance. So call him today, 305-335-3944. Or email him, eliu.vinas at ushadvisors.com. Moving forward. Thank you, Ellie. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, More announcements, guys. Okay. So- uh, why haven't I been podcasting often? All right, look, listen, I'm working on reels. If you guys haven't seen it yet, I've been figuring out my voice in sketching ideas together. Uh, I'm very proud at what I've done so far. Thanks for all the people that liked and shared. Uh, your boy went semi-viral. And by semi-viral, maybe like 17, 20K around there. But the weird thing about going viral on reels for getting a lot of views is that it doesn't match the likes which is weird because you're accustomed, like you get a lot of views and you get a lot of likes, right? But I guess people are just scrolling randomly on their timeline for reels or whatever that they see it. And then they're like, all right, fuck that guy. Right. And then just keep going. Like how many times have you been on reels or TikTok and you see like a cute cat and you see the whole video like, Oh, that cat's so cute, but you don't like it. You're just like, I ah, fuck that cat anyway. Uh, <laughs> I think that's what's going on with reels. So I'm trying to figure it out. That's so that's another thing. I'm, I'm creating a lot of content to reach a new audience. Another thing that I'm doing to reach a new audience is I've been uh, working on, uh, of course, new comedy shows in different areas. So uh, we've got a new show uh, Wednesday nights at Casa Tiki, which is Calle Ocho. Thank God we finally got a show there. I've been wanting to do a show in Calle Ocho for the longest, for the longest time, guys. Like, you don't even know. Like, to find a nice place. And the best thing about it is they have a stage, which is anything, everything I wanted. You know, Calle Ocho, plus a stage with seating, this place looks like a legit comedy club. 
Then the next thing is on Sunday nights, finally, a show on Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Still a drum roll as well. Wrong one. Tipsy Flamingo has opened in downtown uh, Miami. So late August, early September, they're launching uh, friends and family comedy shows including ours on August 29th, we're going to be in downtown Miami, which is another location I want to be in. You're invited to join us, Mocha, which is another location I want to be in because downtown Miami is kind of like one of those futuristic areas that will eventually be cleaned out, revamped, whole new Flagler Street, whole new building here, and whole new bars, nightlife, party. Downtown is like the next thing. So like, you know how Wynwood was gentrified in the early 2000s? Now... I'm pretty sure downtown is next. Doral is popping too, by the way. Doral, our Thursday night shows at, at uh, Tripping Animals is awesome, right? Oh, she's on. Sam, everybody. All right, give me a few minutes, Sam. Let me just make, make these announcements and we'll, we'll do our interview. Uh, so, brand new shows. Uh, Wednesday night's Casa Tiki starting this Wednesday and uh, tip, uh, Tipsy Flamingo in downtown Miami starting on the 29th. We got a, a lot of comedians actually coming to Miami uh, from different cities, as well as brand new comedians that we're going to be cultivating at our shows, including Sam, who we are currently uh, interviewing today. So uh, without further ado, let me go ahead and give uh, Sam or Sam, send me uh, an invite here just so. Oh, no, here we go. I could do it. I could do it. I'm a self-sufficient person. I could do it. There you go, Sam. There you go, Sam. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, this next person that's going to be joining us on the live stream, brand new comedian in the city of Miami, all up in my DMs, but not for dating, for stage time. And she is adamant in uh, making her, her way into uh, comedy here in the city of Miami. Uh, big round of applause, guys, or welcome, or give her a bunch of hearts or likes or whatever on the chat for uh, Sam. What's your last name, Sam? Hold on. Can you hear me? Yeah. What's your last name? Steinberg. Big round of applause, big hearts, big likes for Sam Strineberg, ladies and gentlemen. Did I say it right? Is it Strineberg? Yes. Yeah, no, super Jewish. Um, I'm trying to, okay, I think I can. And that's the interview, ladies and gentlemen. It's over. <laughs> and we lost Sam, guys. All right, so... Uh, to further elaborate on Sam's uh, interview here, or introduction rather, is that Sam um, has been working uh, to get on our shows recently. And I've been trying to hook her up with stage time, but you know how it is when it comes to scheduling with the ladies. They're always here and there. They got things, they got, I think she's had like dinner parties. I think she's had like family get togethers, uh, maybe hitting the club or something. So I haven't been able, that's the end of the, that's the, end of the interview guys, it's over. <laughs> in and out uh so let me go ahead and give her an invite again uh so sam she she's got the swagger you know i like it i like a confident girl that's attractive i like a girl that knows what she wants so i'm telling sam to uh there we go sorry about that so uh sam give us a proper introduction other than the one that i gave uh what is it that you're going for in comedy and what got you into it um yeah so i grew up pretty much watching like Joan Rivers, Nikki Glaser. I grew up pretty much every night with my mom watching Chelsea Lately on E! with Chelsea Handler. 
And I was always so in awe of Chelsea specifically because she was like a woman saying whatever the fuck she wanted. She was talking about sex, her dating life. She has that like really harsh sense of humor. And um, yeah, I just preferred that over Disney really. And I was like, I want to grow up and be like that. So um, I started doing stand up. I just graduated from Cornell in May. And then I started doing stand up at Cornell when I was a junior. So we have a stand up club there, I was performing. Um, and then Corona happened and we had to do shows virtually. Um, but yeah, so I've really only been doing it for like a year and a half, two years. Um, this summer when I've been traveling, I've just been performing at open mics and shows and we're in New York city where I'm from, which has been a lot of fun. So yeah, I'm really just starting out. Like I, it's a lot of fun and I'm learning a lot. Have you performed in Miami yet? No, actually. So Red Bar on Monday will be my first time. All right. Oh, yeah. thank you so much for choosing us to be your first stage. Uh, so-, so what have you learned so far in comedy starting over in New York? Like what, uh, what kind of game did you get into in terms of the industry or going on stage? What'd you learn? Um, well, for me, it was really just about like timing and pacing. That was kind of my biggest struggle. Um, I felt like I was always going really fast. I was trying to like squeeze in so much within a five minute frame, seven minutes, whatever. And some of the best advice that um, other stand up comedians gave me was like, you don't need to like fill the space completely. Um, you're allowed to kind of let jokes simmer and sit with the audience. And I think that's something that I've really taken to heart when I've started performing now. It's not always about like, let me rush and try and tell you everything. It's kind of better to let people like take it for a second and try and understand it and laugh, hopefully. Um, so yeah, that's been really helpful to me. I think also finding my voice and what I really like to talk about. Majority of what I make jokes about is my dating life because for me that's kind of just the most relevant thing and of course. like since I just graduated college I've been traveling a lot this summer living out here I was in Austin and Nashville New York City um and you know it's just it's kind of lethargic I'm able to write about bad dates and good dates so-so dates um so yeah now have you tried the dating life in Miami yet yes how's I that going oh gosh um <laughs> men in this city you know what I mean it really takes a certain type of person to want to live out here which I get um but it's definitely been interesting I've had some really good dates since I've been out here but also just you know steering clear from the male model influencer types personal trainer types it's just it's all the same shit well, what about what about the fuck boys that are rampant in Miami yeah I feel like I'm actually pretty good at spotting those because like they usually live in Brickell, like some type of U Miami grad, Florida State, you know what I mean? Like they're easy to identify in like a little cluster. So I feel like I know to stay away from that for the most part. Um, but yeah, I, ugh, guys my age just, no, it's just, it's always bad. <laughs> now, do you think the fuck boys are mostly in Miami or do you find them in Austin? Do you find them in New York? Oh, they're, yeah, they're a breed that you can find internationally on <laughs> for two years of my life and uh yeah they're out there too so <laughs> I think you know when I find the one my fiance husband whatever he's gonna be a fuck boy but it's just like how much of it can I deal with right you know there's, Where there's a spectrum I yeah and then how much I'm like okay is the dick like good enough to put up with this how's the head game things like that right it's the same it's the same with guys that are looking for a relationship like we want a bad bitch right we want someone that's great in the bedroom it's the but- crazy 
exactly but what's the what's the comparison to the craziness or the or yeah. the or the toxicity because mm-hmm. have you come across like uh toxic personalities that are kind of like very underhanded to sneak up on you yeah. i've been called toxic so like oh you're one of them okay well thanks for the yeah. honesty yeah <laughs> um, the circle of life really you tell people they're toxic they tell it to you right back but i mean i think toxic is also relative like some people really like the chase and the game and right. like all of that but honestly I get tired of it and like if I fuck with you and we vibe and you can call me out on my shit and make me laugh then that's enough for me I don't I'm not really into like leaving on red and like oh he opened my message like well yeah that's that's what I mean so but what you just said like if you can make fun of it I think you're smart enough not to be a victim of toxic (laughs) behavior you know what I mean because you're like outside of it I'm talking about people that key cars because (laughs) they thought it was the right thing to do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. Well, that's, it's so funny, the the cars thing, because I grew up in New York City, like, I didn't, a guy, when I went on a date, like, he didn't pull up in a fucking car, like, that's just not what you did, but here, it's all about, like, the appearances, and the flashy cars, and, like, I don't even have a fucking driver's license, I don't think I'm able to judge anyone on their car, because I cannot even drive true, one, true. so. Yeah, if you, if, you, if you did make fun of somebody for, like, not having a fancy car, I'd be like, well, then what do you drive, and that's yeah, it, where- the conversation's over. I don't even have a learner's permit. Like I'm literally trash. So I blame New York City. My mom and my sister both got their license at 26. I'm 22. Will I get there in time? I'm not sure. So yeah, I heard every I heard everybody that's living in the city, uh, like a, a big percentage of them, or yeah, a big percent, like 80 to 90 percent, don't have a car in the city. Is that true? Oh yeah, like no one has a car. Most people do have licenses though. Like I am kind of in the minority, but that's really just because I'm lazy and think I'd be an awful driver. Um, but yeah, Miami, it's like, you, you do need a car everywhere. I'm like in Miami beach, which is kind of nice and walkable a bit. Um, but yeah, the, the car thing is weird to get used to. <laughs> yeah. Here in Miami, it's either you have a car and get stuck in traffic or you're not going to get there on time, which is fine for some, right. For us <laughs> in Miami showing up late is, is, is fashionable, right? Like yeah. you're not a big shot unless you're like 30 minutes late, minimum, <laughs> minimum, minimum. Yeah, see, that just frustrates me because I'm very punctual and like the whole fashionably late thing. And like, I'm also Puerto Rican, so people expect me to be late. And then when I'm on time, they're like, oh, shit, you know. So Puerto Rican (laughs) Jewish. Yeah. How did that come about? What was the story on you becoming a thing? (laughs) On me becoming a thing. Yeah. So my mother's from Puerto Rico, um, born and raised. She moved to New York City started working at the twin towers my dad is just a white jewish man from connecticut oh Oh. he loved the latinas look at that (laughs) you know the american dream (laughs) the american dream um and so yeah they met working at the twin towers um my dad my mom was a receptionist my dad would like purposely forget his id so my mom could like print him a new one pretty smooth um they're divorced (laughs) (laughs) all right but um yeah so yeah i'm a new yorkian um, people are always like, oh my God, I've never met like a Puerto Rican Jew. And I'm like, if you did, they're probably my siblings. Um, but yeah, five foot two Puerto Rican Jew. That is my brand. <laughs> five foot two as well. Okay, cool. Uh, all right. So let's segue into height. So, uh, Reese, I had, I had this joke that I said in New York. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean the, the guy and girl dynamic, we might as well dive in. Right. So I, I had this joke cause I, I was seeing, uh, a friend in uh, New York <laughs> we were old friends and, uh, she told me, it's like, I can't call you daddy cause you're the same height as me. And I was cracking up. So I used that on stage and everybody was cracking up. So I'm like, huh, this is something that people believe in. <laughs> what is your take on uh, you being five foot two on short and tall guys? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll be like very honest. I like 
really only go for tall guys I, like minima like six one which like i feel kind of like a bitch about because like i have taller friends and no, they're like, it, no you shouldn't feel like i mean we make fun of the fact that it's short guys but we at least for me like i don't see it i see it as a preference and it's just something like how guys like ass you know but if a girl's got a flat ass you can't just be like oh well she's got a flat ass yeah, but some but guys do you know? we're allowed to like what we want to like right um like the tall guys because they have the appearance of power but i feel like i actually hold the power right you know, like a guy who's like six two whatever me being five two we walk into a room like i take up just as much space if not more than he so <laughs> now can you imagine sharing a bed with a really tall guy and you take up most of it like you just shove him out and get 80 percent of it <laughs> <laughs> actually really funny when i have been in bed with guys um, they're like, it's like the feet hanging off the bed is kind of an issue, which like I personally never had to deal with. Um, so it's really given me some perspective on tall guys struggles, you know, it's a hard life, but for the most part, it's an easy life, right? You can't missionary style. You can't be face to face. It's like torso to face. Yeah. But sometimes I don't even want to look at their face. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to attraction, it just really is like what we're wired to like, you know, so you can't really blame people for that right yeah no exactly exactly and i feel like like i said talking about dating going on dates here new york wherever the south um you just like learn so much more every time you go on a date you're like okay that's something that i want in a partner that's something i definitely yes wow great that's great insight that i agree 100 because i thought the same way like when tinder came out in 20 when i started using it in 2013 2014 i started realizing what i like more like what mm -hmm. i like in people more because oh when, yeah my change has changed. My taste has changed so much totally. just in the past years or so. Yeah, because you start seeing patterns in people and you start seeing uh, what's what's likable about people. And then like you can then, all right, I like this about this person and I like that about that person. And then when you see them, like, you know, those two examples, like together in one, you're like, ah, this one's a catch. I like yeah. this. Yeah. I've always said that, like, when I meet a man who's funnier than me, like that is the day I found my husband. So. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, what if he's not tall enough? Yeah. So then maybe let's be good. <laughs> comedy compromise. Exactly. Exactly. Well, <laughs> you, you being a practicing uh, comedian, uh, brand new to the game, trying it out in New York, trying it out in Miami. Um, what are some of the, apart from dating, like what are some of the ways that you write uh, comedy? Uh, like if you were to experience something, do you have a method? Do you, yeah. is your writing style a certain way? Um, I have had this like Google doc on my phone for the past few years. And I like Google docs better than the notes app because I can open it on my computer or my iPad, my phone, whatever. Um, and so whenever something comes to me, I'll just like write it down. Usually I'll be like really drunk or really high or about to fall asleep. So it kind of just like, it's a fuck ton of typos that I have to like try and make sense of the next morning. Um, but yeah, I found that my best ideas come to me usually when I'm smoke and right before I'm about to go to bed, which is really frustrating because I'll be like, Oh, like whatever I'll remember when I wake up and I never do. So I always have to like work myself to get out of the comfort of my sheets, write it down and try and, you know, but, uh, yeah, I feel like that's really the best way that I found that I can like remember and retain my jokes. And then when I want to write a new set about something. I'll just go through the Google doc and try and like pull some of my favorite jokes and see like, okay, like what's the story here? Like what is the overall theme? Like how can I tell a joke at the beginning that ends up getting a call back to at the end? Because it's, it's all structure, right? Stand up. It's about 
how you're able to tell a story, how you're able to keep people entertained and kind of loop various things in while you're speaking. Um, so yeah. Sequencing also apart from structure, like one joke before a certain, another joke would probably make that secondary joke a lot better. Exactly. exactly. And I've been even trying to experiment like that when I was in like Austin and Nashville with my opener. So I'll have like a few opening jokes and I will try and tailor it to the city that I'm in or see if, you know, is this relevant to the crowd that I'm performing in front of? Can I move this joke to be here? Um, and it's so interesting because I've noticed jokes getting different amounts of laughs based on where they're placed because of the yeah. joke that came before it or after it, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, one thing I've learned uh, now that I'm hitting the road and doing different cities is <laughs> trashing their cities for some reason is very welcoming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that on they really do and so i've been trying to come up with a couple in miami that maybe i'll perform on monday um i still need to like run them by with my stand-up friends but uh, miami has a lot of there's a lot of ways to shit on the city oh so, yeah and and, yeah. and and we take it in and because we wear that with pride we're like yeah we love all that stuff man uh my, I, i'm sorry what were you saying no no i was just finishing up my sentence go ahead Oh, no, I mean, I, so after 9-11, like, I grew up between here and New York City, so, like, I have a 305 number, like, I, you know what I mean, so, like, as much as I should on the city, I'm also kind of a resident of it at the same time, so. Oh, you're one of those that, like, you, you live in five different cities, and you put it on your Instagram <laughs> bio? Yeah, oh, no, oh, God. A-U-S-N-Y-C-M-I-A. <laughs> when people put the pin, like, the fucking pin emoji, and they're, like, currently, like, am I? I'm, like, bitch, no one cares. Like, literally post your story and go. Like, I, you know, know I, if I was a girl and I did that in my in my bio and somebody would, like, slid in my DMs, be like, oh, sorry, I'm in Austin right now. And then if someone from Austin DMs be like, sorry, I'm in NYC right now. That's the issue. It's, like, how do you keep track of your host? <laughs> as possible. I posted a thing today, as you saw, you reposted it, that I was in Miami and then I got a lot of, you know, DMs and like from strangers even. And I'm like, fuck now, all these strangers know where I am. Yeah. So it really is kind of catch 22. You know, I feel bad for the ladies sometimes. I hear some awful stories whenever I go out on a Tinder date and the things that happen. Like you guys just get randomly messaged from people you don't even know. Yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> I'm like, yeah, keep going, like send the messages for sure. But then there's a lot of random people. I mean, yesterday I was like, I'm moving to San Francisco next month. I had to send like a cashier's check for my fucking first month's rent. And I went to the bank and there was a guy there and he was like waving to me, whatever. I walked like 10 minutes out of the bank to my, to go to fucking Trader Joe's. The guy had been following me the entire time. He ran up to me and was like, ma'am, like I saw you at the bank. Like, I just like have to know, like, what are you doing in Miami? How long are you here for? And like, I just literally walked into the Trader Joe's. Please fuck me. See, I'm Please like, fuck <laughs> right now dude like can you please get out of my grill and the trader joe's security officer was pretty chill so i just vibed with him for a bit but it's just like shit like that where i'm like mm. it doesn't even matter what you look like i literally had just come from the gym and looked like a crustacean but you know hey ladies that come out of the gym all sweaty and flustered they look all right too right really oh god i don't know the sweaty thing i mean i feel like i'm always fucking sweaty in the city though like i can come out of the club in the gym and my hair face will look exactly the same so <laughs> well there you go good genetics it's that puerto rican uh jewish look oh, yeah? no. i look like a mess in oh, both okay. yeah not good <laughs> all right well let's get into it uh let's take advantage of this male female dynamic what would be the best case scenario for someone to approach you how does it work uh, pro oh god probably just when you're yeah. out and about at a bar right mm. 
or a random I, 3 a.m. message. Actually, I feel like people, guys can kind of get intimidated by that, but I am like very extroverted, outgoing. If I like a guy, like I'll go up to him and start talking to him. Um, so yeah, that usually pays off. But yeah, if anyone were to approach me, definitely to like make a joke, like don't tell me that I look hot or that I look sexy, like just try and make me laugh. Yeah. So humor. Well, yeah, th- th- you're right about intimidation. I see the thing that I've realized about myself um, being single is like, I'm always challenged by women that are considered intimidating for others. It's like, all right, let's, let's do some mental sparring here, Miss Intimidation. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that because it kind of feels like they can catch up, right? Like if I were to say a joke, cause I, I, I don't know if you've dealt with this, but like when you say a joke and then they take it the wrong way, but it was like, it's not really your fault. It's like their awful sense of humor and their gullibility. Yeah, yeah. So, or they're like, oh. no, no, go ahead, go ahead, finish. The worst is like, if I tell guys I do stand up, like, because they're like, oh, like, what do you do for fun? And I'm like, oh, I love doing stand up. They're like, are you going to talk about this? And like, yeah, I get God, that too, right? Talk about you, you know? It's interesting though, because so many guys too, with especially what I talk about with going on dates, they're like, oh, like, girls aren't funny. Like, all they do is talk about their pussy and whatever. And like, Look, Taylor Swift has like 800 fucking million dollars from writing about men. So I'm just going to follow that business model and see where it takes me. You know, like she's doing something right. So yeah, I never taken that kind of advice as a comedian, because if you have something to talk about and you drill it and you do it well, you're going to be known for that. And then you could just jump off that and do something different later on. Um, yeah. yeah, never taken that kind of like criticism because it's it's like bound to happen because I think women are very funny. Like I like Taylor Tomlinson. I like Eliza. I, yeah, Eliza. I mean, Chelsea Handler. And but they um, get criticized because they're like on the top echelon of women comedians. It's like, oh, we got to bring them down. It's like, no, they're funny. Like, come on, let them in, you know? Yeah, women are funny. It's so incredible. <laughs> but I think there is a, a one, well, one thing I'll say about the comedy scenes and 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 um male and female comedians there is a, a ratio difference right? oh yeah for sure so that that can be a little debilitating as a female comedian because like you, for every one female comedian there's like 12 guys doing it yeah and I think also like appearances too like when I was performing a lot like in Nashville and Austin like you know there would be all these like guys and whatever and then they would see me like in like a little dress or like a little skirt and like, you know, sandals and and just hear me like talk about dicks and be like very surprised. But I kind of like that. I like to kind of play on me being a female because I honestly think it puts me at an advantage because people are more shocked by what I would say versus like other Jewish looking white guy instead I'm just a Jewish looking, you know, brown girl. (laughs) And it's refreshing too to to hear a a female comedian talking about their life because I listen to them and it's like, you guys go through this? That's crazy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I mean like I said it's just I think stand-up has really just helped me honestly make more sense of like the world around me because like when you tell someone like what you experience and you see how they're able to laugh about it or have a certain reaction then you really look at like your own life differently yeah that's the beauty of comedy when we make fun of our yeah. stuff it's like coping and it makes you smarter in the scenario it's like oh I've seen I've seen this and I made fun of this mm-hmm. I understand yeah. this it's all coping mechanism. Like I said, child of divorce, like, you know, little brown girl, you just, you got to make sense of the world somehow. So. So do you see yourself in the future doing this for a very long time? I hope so. I mean, like I said, I'm moving to San Francisco in September. I'm starting my job at Twitter, which I'm really excited about. Um, But, you know, stand up will just be something that I kind of do on the side, like the same way I do it now. 
a lot of people have told me the San Francisco stand-up scene is like improv based, which really isn't my forte. So I'm hoping that I find like a good kind of stand-up community out there. Um, but yeah, no, it's something that I absolutely love to do. My friends and I are, write, are trying to write a pilot right now, which is like what every comedian says. But um, yeah, <laughs> love to go write well and just see where it goes. Well, you can always just shoot the pilot and do it as a YouTube series. Um, yeah, exactly. Something like easy, but just writing uh, is just so, you know, kind of crazy because we, we want to write about like college and being in college. And it's been really cool to like collect anecdotal experiences and stories from all of our friends and being like, OK, like we could use that or like we should take that out, you know. So, yeah, write what you know. Yeah. So like I've been doing. um I've been doing a lot of networking events, trying to show comedians how to make like an income on their own. Right. And one thing I've realized is that comedians don't realize that right now uh, there's like this kind of like renaissance of comedians being very entrepreneurial and using like social tools to like build their community. 100%. And so. Continue. No, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Ladies first. No, I don't, I don't want to interrupt you. I don't interrupt you. No, long, long story short, your, your pilot idea can go on YouTube and you just market it to the people that like your stuff, you know, and yeah, then next exactly. thing you know, it blows up. And um, I, God, I want to date with this like famous TikToker in New York. He's actually really talented. He's a really great stand-up comedian. And I was just shitting on him about TikTok because I think it's literally so stupid and I refuse to download the app. Um, but he was telling me, he was like, yeah, like, what a lot of guys especially don't realize that in this industry that it's, if you have like no social media presence you're really not going to grow and like that can be relative to everyone right that can be instagram that can be having a twitter whatever a youtube channel um but as long as i feel like you find the medium that you like and then kind of like work from there like i i just think tiktok is like underage girls and pedophiles so like i literally don't go on the app but i really love instagram i work at twitter i love twitter so um, yeah, it's really just about finding the mediums that you're comfortable with working and that you can like hone in your audience best. Oh, that's why these comments are coming out. I was like, what the hell is everyone talking about Twitter for? Are you in the wrong feed? So you work in Twitter. What's that like? Um, well, I, so I start work on Twitter in September, but, um, All I right. think it's, um, look like I can go to work in my pajamas. I have free breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's a really great deal. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I just think it's really interesting working in social media because social media is really just like learning human behavior and like how to monetize it and put in put it into an algorithm. So um, I think it's gonna it's gonna give me a lot of good content being out there and just being in that like crazy tech startup space. So how do we hack the Twitter algorithm? I'm sure everybody wants to know what do we well, do to grow. We deleted his account, so you know there's not that many other bad accounts that we need to take down now but who deleted their account no uh so the founder of twitter deleted trump's oh. account what is that thing parthenon now that's like the new conservative twitter you've heard about that right no what's that i think i'm butchering the name i really don't think it's called that but basically Fuck, it's something with a P, but it's the like alternative to Twitter and Facebook where like conservative people or just Trump supporters can like go on and just free speech and like rant and shit like that. And like part of me has been wanting to like make a profile and like go undercover and just like see what they're talking about. You'll probably end up uncovering like some sort of pedophile ring or something like in 4chan yeah. or something. <laughs> and like, on the dark web and be like, oh shit, how does the FBI like how do I cover my tracks from here? All right, well, in closing, um, mm-hmm. Sam, 
go ahead and let us know, like, um, apart from the pilot you've got going on, like, where do you see yourself, uh, let's say 10 years from now as a comedian? What will you be doing? Ooh, I would love to have a sitcom. Um, I really love like performing and acting. So maybe just a Netflix show, HBO. I mean, that is like a dream, but I don't want to say that out loud because I probably sound like a dumbass. But uh, yeah, I would love to go into TV. Um, so whether that be writing, whether that be acting or just still performing stand up, I would love to be doing all of that. So, yeah. A lifestyle of funny. A lifestyle of funny. Yeah, you have to, I think you just like have to continue making fun of yourself for the rest of your life. Like that's why, like that's what stand-up comedians do. Not just of yourself, but of everything. Cause they say life is a game, right? Life is just play. So you might as well have fun, yeah. right? Yeah, but I love that like wicked sense of humor. Like if you've got, whenever you sit with your stand-up friends, whenever I sit with my stand-up friends, it's just like joke after joke after joke after joke. Everyone is just shitting on each other. And like that energy is just yeah. so contagious and definitely like what made me, start wanting to do it or it gets very cynical and you got to walk away to stay positive like i need a i need a fresh breath of positivity excuse me guys uh all right ladies and gentlemen sam can be seen uh this monday at the red bar so show up at eight o'clock we'll try to put her on just say you're here to see sam uh the more people that show up to say they they came to see sam the more i'll try to get her on earlier so that uh they can see what you're all about. Austin, New York, Jewish, okay. Puerto Rican comedian. Uh, Sam, thanks so much for doing this interview. I really appreciate it. Tell us. Uh, oh, yeah. One last thing. Tell us where to find your uh, your your projects. What, what are you going to be? Uh... Um, my Instagram is probably just the best way. Okay. to. Uh, I post everything from there. So Instagram is just at Sam A. Steinberg. My icon is the Pillsbury Doughboy. Uh, a lot of people think I'm a spam account at first, but <laughs> I promise I'm a real person. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is Sam. Thank you, Sam. All right, there we go, guys. Uh, that was Sam Strindberg. Uh, make sure you go out and support her. Monday night over at the Red Bar, a uh, brand new comedian here in Miami slash Austin slash New York slash San Francisco or San Diego, one of those sands, and coming back here in Miami occasionally. A very nice girl, first time talking to her face-to-face, -face, apart from the DMs. Now, I know what a lot of you guys are asking. Manny, did you shoot your shot? Yes. <laughs> and she says, I'll think about it. I guess it's because she didn't know I was five foot six. Five foot seven on a good day. <laughs> but nonetheless, just because you get curved doesn't mean you can't be friends, right? My ego is not on my sleeve that way. All right. <laughs> All right, let's get down to the announcements real quick, guys. Uh, Monday, Red Bar. Tuesday, Sweet Caroline. Wednesday, Casa Tiki slash Focal Brewery. Two shows on a Wednesday. Look at that. Uh, Thursday, Tripping Animals Brewery in Doral. Friday and Saturday are currently on pause over at Fundamension. They're looking to get their liquor license, so make sure you stay tuned uh, for us to announce when we're going to be back there. And then Sunday night, we're at Tipsy Flamingo in downtown Miami. One more big announcement for everybody that's, that's tuning in last minute, okay? One big announcement. This one's for you. Uh, we're doing a raffle. Remember the raffle we did last year during the pandemic to join the virtual comedy club? Now we're doing the raffle again, and it's going to be every month. The prize is a $100 bar tab on me for you and all your friends to come to one of our shows, any bar, any show in our lineup, all right? And this is how it's going to work. You just have to sign up to the newsletter. 
So go to miamicomedy.com slash raffle, okay? Or just subscribe to or register to one of our comedy shows. It'll automatically enroll you into the raffle. Every email you put into the raffle will be a part of our newsletter, which we send out every single Monday to let you know where all the comedy shows are. But it'll give you that one raffle. And if you bring in your friends, let's say you're already on the newsletter, it's going to be awkward if I see you unsubscribe and subscribe again, right? Don't be weird. Just tell your friends about it. Every friend that subscribes through your link to the newsletter, you'll count, it'll count as three raffle tickets. And this is ongoing, meaning it's not a one-time raffle. This will be every month where you will be uh, able to win a $100 bar tab. Must be 21 and over. Look at that. Look at Manny playing by the rules. All right. Uh, MiamiComedy.com slash raffle. And if you enjoyed this episode, do go to MiamiComedy.com slash podcast to subscribe. Thank you all very much for tuning in. I hope I hope that I'll be able to do this a lot more often now that I'm back and Fridays and Saturdays I have off. All right. I'll try to go live a little more like how I used to do back in the day or as Mocha would say less than a year ago. This has been the Miami Comedy Podcast, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Bye. Mm-hmm.